Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We're glad you joined us today. We're located in Collinsville, Virginia. At Smith Memorial, our motto is simple, follow Jesus. We'd like to encourage you to check us out online, www.smithmemorialumc.com. There you can find out more information about us, opportunities to serve, and ways to support this ministry through giving. We pray that God would add blessing this day to the hearing and the doing of God's Word. visitor, you can feel free to come back. I want to thank Cindy for her children's message. She just about covered what I was going to say, so I'm tempted just to say amen, but the Lord. <laughs> but the Lord said, be up here, so I'm up here. Uh, the title of my message today is What's in Your Hand? And I want to start out by saying that our God is an awesome God. And if I needed any additional proof of that, it would be the fact that I'm standing here this morning talking because I had conversations with the Lord about this and how maybe I shouldn't be doing this, I should be listening and not talking, but anyway, he won as usual. <clears throat> After all, you all are used to hearing messages from Cameron, David, and Bob. And today you have me. Really? <laughs> Only with God's help am I able to do this, so here I stand. Our scripture today was, was from Exodus chapter 4, where God is continuing to convince Moses to go and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Now Moses... It's not a job he wants. Uh, he doesn't think he's the person for the job. <clears throat> so if you read in Exodus the whole, the chapter before that and all of this chapter, you would see that he's giving God, asking him lots of questions. And of course, God always has the answers for the questions that, that we ask him. I'm always amused at uh, Sunday school humor. And I'm not talking about my Sunday school class. That's different. <laughs> different kind of humor. I'm talking about the little ones that go to Sunday school and they, they get home and the, the proud mother or father says, what did you learn in Sunday school today? And you'd be surprised at some of the things they say. And I happen to have one that's uh, a little boy's interpretation of Moses and the Red Sea. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to share that with you. <clears throat> Nine-year-old Joey was asked by his mother what he learned in Sunday school. Joy said, well, Mom, our teacher told us to lead the Israelites out of Egypt behind enemy lines on a rescue mission to, e to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. When he got to the Red Sea, he had his army 
built a pontoon bridge, and all the people walked across safely. Then he radioed headquarters for reinforcements. <laughs> they sent bombers to blow up the bridge, and all the Israelites were saved. His mom said, now, Joey, is that really what the teacher taught you? Joey thought for a moment, and he said, well, no, Mom. But if I told it the way the teacher did, you'd never believe it. <laughs> From the eye of a child. Okay. Moses has asked many questions, and God answers all of them. Then Moses asked, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? And at this point, God asked the question, what is in your hand? And as Cindy showed us this morning, that was his staff. No other question could be more relevant to our own lives today because God wants us to use whatever we have in our hand and turn it into an instrument of power in order for us to use it in his service. The staff that Moses held in his hand was the tool of his trade as a shepherd. It represented who he was at that time, an ordinary man with ordinary equipment. The staff also represented that Moses, what Moses possessed. He did not even own the sheep that he cared for. The staff was a constant reminder that he used to be a prince, and now he was a servant. The staff also reminded Moses that he had never reached his full potential. Moses climbed that mountain to have that conversation with the Lord that day with a dead stick that he'd been carrying around for about 40 years. And all that time he'd used that dead stick, but that dead stick had used Moses too. When God turned that stick or staff into a snake and then back into a staff, it became an instrument of spiritual authority. Hereafter, we understand that it is referred to as the rod of God. So it goes from being the stick or the staff to the rod of God. To make the most of our abilities, we must, we must face the same question God asked Moses. What is in your hand? And that's a question that we need to think about. There's a tendency to think that only people who have remarkable skills and brilliant minds are truly useful in God's service. Now, we know that's not true because God loves you and me and wants you just as you are. The important thing is he sees in you not what you are, but what you can be. What we view humanly as limitations or disabilities count for nothing in God's kingdom. This is a highly personal matter matter. God is asking you what's in your hand. He wants us to be willing to offer ourselves in his service and for his purpose. Now I'm going to tell you about a little girl that did just that. In an Operation Christmas Child Distribution Center, a young girl, perhaps 11 or 12 years old, was observed opening each box, each shoe box that was sent, and momentarily planting her face in that shoebox. 
Now, those of us who've been to Operation Christmas Child, we know they got supervisors, so you have to do what they want you to do. So the adult supervisor came over and asked her what she was doing, because that wasn't part of the protocol for Operation Christmas Child. This young lady replied, Mr. Billy Graham told us that the best gift we can send is a prayer, so I'm putting one in every shoebox. This young lady was answering in the most beautiful way the timeless question, what is in your hand? She, she gave everything she had to give, and I have not the slightest doubt that God answered her sincere prayers. There's another example of, uh, this is a young lady, it's an example of a, an older lady that I want to share with you too, and this is, um, this was written by the wife of a pastor of a church, and it, this, the, this is entitled, Raise Your Hand. A woman at a church raised her hand when the congregation was asked for volunteers to help a family move into their new home. The job entailed moving heavy furniture and boxes up and down stairs, such a difficult... I wondered how a woman with her serious health conditions could volunteer for such a difficult physical job. It was really going to be hard for her. She was an older, single woman on a small income. I wondered if she might have chosen a better avenue for her service. But I didn't, this is the preacher's wife who's talking, I didn't think about it anymore until the following Tuesday when my husband came home after helping with the move. I think my mouth hung open when he told me the story. The woman who had volunteered to help, who had volunteered to help, had picked up a man begging with a cardboard sign on the side of the highway. He joined the rest of the men, helped carry the refrigerators, boxes of books, and heavy furniture for hours. When they were finished, she paid him for his time and drove him back to his street corner. What woman in her right mind would pick up a man on the street, never mind one that was begging for money? How could she afford to pay him? She didn't have much money. How could she trust someone like that? What would, what would she talk to him about on the 15-minute ride to the church? But after thinking about that a while, the Christian in me began to think of her service in a whole new dimension. She knew she wasn't physically able to help, yet, when she, when, yet she volunteered when she raised her hand not knowing at the time how she would be of service. She didn't have all the answers. She just said, yes, I'll, yes, I'll do that. She did what few of us are fully capable of doing. She saw an opportunity to bless someone who needed help. She opened her life to someone who was a stranger and offered him a wage in return for his work. She I began to be amazed at the quiet but tremendous service she had rendered for Christ. There were only a handful of men that were moving at church that day that were helping to move those boxes who witnessed what she did.
but I think she served Christ in a better way than I've seen in a very long time. There was no fanfare. There were no bulletin articles. She did not shrink back in fear when the Holy Spirit nudged her to pick up a beggar. She didn't shirk her duties with platitudes about her safety and the latest data on crime in the city. She picked up a man who was in need, paid him for his work, and in return fulfilled a need in the church. In <coughs> Matthew chapter 142, Jesus said, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. I know the Lord was pleased with her service. It wasn't public, and it couldn't have been easy, but I'm certain she was greatly rewarded in heaven. She risked when she could have stayed home. She followed the call of Christ when she could have ignored it. She knew what was in her hand, and she used it. How do we prepare to serve in a way that takes us from our comfort zone? And how can the rest of us learn to open our lives to service, even when it's scary, uncomfortable, or unorthodox? Now, I'm not advocating that we all employ beggars off the street because there is validity to fear there. But I am advocating that there are acts of service that all Christians can stretch to achieve with emphasis on the word stretch. The stretch is possibly what brings about the greatest reward. First, we need to pray specifically for an opportunity to serve. And then we have to be ready when that opportunity comes. Then we, determine, we have to determine that our fears will not limit our service. And tell yourself that you are a competent worker in the kingdom and whether your fears include public speaking, writing, or even just inviting someone into your home for, for a meal. Confess these fears to the Lord with promises that with just the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Remind your, renew yourself every day with positive thoughts about your ability. Uh, when fear and earthly reason try to crowd out the Spirit's quickening, give your fears and misgivings to God in prayer. See, he already knows them, but you need to own them. And you need to say, Lord, this is what's holding me back. Help me get rid of that so I can be more effective in your kingdom. And then raise your hand when God moves you to do so. It might just be a cup of cold water but you will not lose your reward. You might not find yourself driving the beggar off the street to your church next Sunday, but I hope you'll find yourself raising your hand the next time an opportunity comes. Will it be teaching a Bible class? Will it be teaching a Sunday school class? Will it be volunteering to mentor the troubled teen from church? Or inviting members of the community to a community meal? The rewards will certainly exceed the intrusive thoughts that invade our minds when we embark on a service that extends past our comfort zone. It's called comfort zone for a reason. We're comfortable there. I love the attitude of Paul when he wrote to young Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me the strength 
that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Paul had to have a great deal of strength to serve as an apostle of Christ, but he says that he was given that strength, that he did not possess it in himself. God will give you the strength to stretch up and raise your hand when the moment of your appointment comes. Your service will, rent, will yield a tremendous reward for the kingdom, and the rewards to your faith will be immeasurable throughout your life. Life is about either a dead stick by how much Savior. Which is true in your life and mine will be determined by how much <clears throat> we are willing to place into his hands. Bring what you hold in your hands, cast it down before him, and let him take that liability and turn it into an asset for his glory. And my final question is, what's in your hands? Thank you.